Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. In Philippians chapter 2, last week we saw a very troubling passage of Scripture and yet very sobering. The Word tells us there in chapter 2, to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We saw this didn't mean that you've got to work in order to get good enough to be saved. There is none righteous, no not one. It's by grace we're saved through faith. Not of works. It is received as a gift. But the living out of the deposit of the life of Christ sometimes brings us to a place of fear and trembling. And as I told the men on Tuesday, this doesn't mean that God wants us to be afraid of Him. It means, the word fear here means great reverential respect. When I was in high school, I made a serious mistake. Now I want you to listen very carefully to me. I made a lot of serious mistakes. It wasn't just one in high school. I don't want you to misunderstand. But I made a mistake. And I can still remember driving home to face my parents. Especially my father when I got home and my actions had come to light what really killed me was not that I was afraid he was going to kick me out of the house or that he was going to disown me or shame me as his son. What really killed me is I knew that I hurt him and he was disappointed in my choices. That is the kind of fear that the Lord is saying here to work out your salvation with fear and have such respect and love of the Father that what really, He doesn't want you to be afraid of Him and run from Him. He wants you to live in light of the revelation of how much He loves you, how proud of you He is as His son and daughter, that it just terrifies you to disappoint Him. It just hurts. What sin ought to do to me and to you is not make us afraid, but it ought to hurt us that we hurt Him. And we're not going to really feel pain that we, hear, that we hurt our Father until we really get to know how much He loves us. 
I ask daily for me and for you for a greater revelation of the love and the grace of God. That is the greatest deterrent for sin. The word says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What, we, what I need to become more fearful and tremble about is, God, don't let me do something that violates your heart. You say, Pastor, God is, he is too busy ruling the universe to be offended by your choices. You don't really believe that, do you? If God's heart was not hurt by my sin, why would he come in the person of his own son and be brutally murdered to pay for my sin? My sin hurts the heart of God. It's not just some flippant little thing, oh, I'll confess it and be done with it. My sin hurts my father. Does he forgive me? It is full and complete and ongoing and unconditional. Praise my Father's name for that. But God, give us revelation of how our sin hurts our Father. Can I tell you something? God does not want you to experience one minute of shame and condemnation for sin. He doesn't want you to receive that from somebody else. And he's certainly not going to give it himself because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't deal effectively with sin through condemnation. We deal it through the fear of God through a holy respect for who He is and how He loves. Give us revelation, Father. And notice, He went on to say, and we talked last time, He says, don't do all things 14 without complaining and disputing. And we saw last week how we're to hold fast the word of life. In the same context of holding fast the word of life, we made this statement at the end. You will poison the atmosphere of opportunity to hold forth the word of life by complaining and disputing. We go now to verse 19. I trust in the Lord Jesus, Paul says, writing from Roman jail to the Philippian believers. I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your condition. That is how you're doing. For I have, wait a minute now, I am sending Timothy to you so that I may be what? Wait a minute now, don't miss this. I've missed this for over 60 years. I just got it this week. I didn't get this off the internet. I'm hoping to send Timothy to you, my son in the Lord, so that I might be what? Boy, that was weak. So that I might be what? Encouraged. 
Well, if I need to be encouraged, what does that mean about me? I'm talking about put, put yourself in Paul's place. Was Paul a mature believer? Was he an apostle of the church? Did God use him to write 13 books of the New Testament? He's saying here, I need to be encouraged. If Paul needs encouragement, everybody say it with me, so do I. Why do you need, why do I need, why did Paul need to be encouraged? Encouragement is that force that flows out of your inner man that gives you the energy to go on with new life, new energy, bear new fruit. Some of you don't need any more faith. You just need to do what Jesus told the disciples. They said, Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you'd be moving mountains. Some of you do not need more faith. You just need some encouragement. Encouragement is that internal energy that keeps you stepping ahead. You already believe it is that encouragement that keeps you making progress. I went to the doctor the other day, as I do twice a year. And this particular time, I had to go through a test. And I went through this test. It's not my most favorite thing to do. But I've had four of these tests and flunked two of them, and both times resulted in either surgery or procedures or something like that. The last two, the last five years, thanks to your prayer, thanks for the discipline of the Holy Spirit, I passed. And when I got the word, now I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a good bit smaller than I used to be. So I've got something to do with this too. But it's by the grace of God. When I got the word that I passed, you know what I wanted to do? Get back on the treadmill. I celebrated by going back to the elliptical machine, Daniel. Your friend. Why? Because I prayed and I believed and I had faith, but I got some encouragement and it reignited my energy. I got a call this week. I got a message from Joe that uh, he was struggling, that they were going to hospitalize him. His Fever had shot up to about 101, and they said if it's 100.6, you got to be go to the hospital immediately. And I got a, a message from Joe. Please have the prayer warriors lift me up. Many of you don't know, but Joe's white blood count had fallen to into the 400s, which is precariously low for somebody due to the chemo. I sent out a message to some people I knew who would pray and believe. I got a phone call. I was visiting with my brother. I got a phone call from Louise. And uh, when I called back, Louise said, Pastor, the Lord has given a word. 
as surely as I've ever heard a word from God. And she told me what the word was, and she said, I just wanted, I just wanted to pass it by spiritual authority and see if you felt like it, it lined up. I said, Louise, you get that word, and you immediately send it in a text or an email form so you can't forget it. Not verbally, send it in word form. That is from the Lord. You don't have those every day, do you? As a spiritual gift called as a word of knowledge. That is, when the Holy Spirit says something to you that gives you information you don't have in your, in your human brain. And that word that comes from the Holy Spirit can ignite faith. But you know what? When Joe went down to UAB and he got his blood work done, he found out, can I tell you something? In the course of an hour, you tell me if I'm telling it wrong, in one hour, his fever went from dangerously high to below normal. One hour. Only one explanation. The faith and prayers of the saints petitioning the Lord. And God granted that request. But you know what? When Joe and Sharon got the word down at Kirkland Clinic this week, that as he was fighting infection, his, his blood count had gone from the 400s to 2,000. That was encouragement, tangibly expressed. Some of you don't need any more faith, you just need a victory. Amen. Notice what Paul said. I, verse 20, I'm going to send Timothy to you so I can be encouraged by knowing your state. You know what that means? Paul was spiritually responsible for these people. He was their overseer, their bishop, their apostle. And he says, when I find out how you're doing, it encourages me. He said, I'm going to send Timothy to you, verse 24. I don't have anybody like-minded who will sincerely care for you because everybody else cares about themselves, not the things of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. He said, I commend Timothy to you because I have no one else like-minded. Y'all pray for these. And I want to tell every one of you guys who are my age and older, I'm at least 45, <laughs> who younger are you investing in? You're not going to be around here forever, you know. You're going to have to invest something in others who will carry on what God has assigned you to do if you're wise. Amen? Well, I got a lot more to say, but I want you to stand. I'll close it up. One thing the Lord gave me on Tuesday that I wanted to share with you guys 
the, the rest of the chapter talks about Epaphroditus and how he was serving Paul and risked his life for the sake of the gospel. And Paul talks about his own suffering for the sake of those to whom he was ministering. Paul talked about his suffering for the sake of those to whom he was ministering. I believe today there's some of you who are really suffering. Real suffering takes place when you have to suffer for the condition or the decisions of others over whom you don't have control, but you do have association and affiliation. There are people in your life that God has placed there who have made decisions or are in conditions over which you have no control and you suffer mightily for that. Pastor, why is that? Can I ask you something? Is God responsible for some of the inferior choices you have made? Did he do it or did you do it? Does it still hurt him when I make the decisions I make that are out of line with his best? Yes or no? You are, you have, a, those of you who are suffering today because of decisions or conditions of those God has put into your life, God has given you an honor because he believed that you were capable by his grace of walking through that suffering and using it as an opportunity to be a blessing and a testimony and a ministry to somebody else. So my, my suffering, maybe I shouldn't be fast to try to get away from it. Maybe I should say, God, why have you entrusted me with the opportunity to suffer for decisions over which I have no control? Help me to understand your heart. Can I tell you something? There is great, great opportunity to know the heart of the Father in a way you've never known Him is you continue to suffer in grace, not in bitterness, but in grace for the decisions others make. Father, I pray for those who are suffering today in the sound of my voice. I pray that your grace would bear witness in them that you're more than enough. Father, we say with the scriptures, we thank God that we are considered worthy to suffer anything for the name of Christ. For those today who are suffering for the choices made by their parents, by their children, by their associates, by friends, by strangers, by entities beyond their control. 
Rise up on the inside and give them a special witness of your grace, your favor, and your ability. Believing, Lord, granting them the faith and the encouragement. Encourage God, encourage them. Show them some victories. Sustain them in their faith. Sustain them in their suffering. And cause them, Lord, to rise up with new strength and to carry forth until the completion of that which you have ordained through this suffering. We praise you in the name of Jesus. And all the people said, we'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.